We begin with a look at the upcoming civic election through the eyes of the Calgary Chamber. Chamber President and CEO Deborah Yedlin tells us about a new tool they've created to help Calgarians navigate the many candidates for both councillor and mayor. It's called the Pathways to Potential. Next, we hear from the Executive Director of Vibrant Communities Calgary. Megan Reed joins us to share details of the many programs and initiatives they have on the go throughout the summer to help improve the lives of Calgarians in need. It's an historic document which aims to promote cultural awareness in sports. We speak with Richard Running Rabbit from the Siksika Nation for details on this first-of-its-kind collaboration with the Calgary Hitmen Hockey Club. And finally, he's here to defend his title. We meet 2019 Shaw Charity Classic winner Wes Short Jr. Every election season in Calgary, the Chamber issues what they call a policy platform. Essentially, it's a list of things the Chamber stands for and looks for in potential candidates. Joining us to talk about the platform is Calgary Chamber President and CEO, Deborah Yedlin. Good morning to you, Deborah. Good morning. Well, let's break this down. Right at the start of the Chamber's platform, it states, the 2021 municipal election presents a transformative opportunity to determine Calgary's future. So break down what that means when you use the word transformative, uh, Deborah. Well, it's everything from how we see the city going forward to who's going to be elected as city councillors and as mayor because... There's going to be so many new faces sitting at uh, city council and potentially in the mayor, you know, in the mayor's chair for sure. But it could be somebody who's an outsider right now. So it's an opportunity to look at the city in a bit of a different way and to really grasp the potential of where we want to go in the future. So the the, the reasoning behind this, is this a, a tool for your members to use or the general public? What's the impetus for it? This is really about raising the issues that we see are important to our members and what we would like to see the next city council address. And so we look at uh, several areas. We've called them pathways to to potential. And we've got five key areas that we've focused on uh, from attracting, retaining, and developing talent to rebalancing and stabilizing the property track structure, Obviously, reimagining Calgary's downtown, that is a very big priority for us. Uh, we want to see an inclusive Calgary in terms of policies, infrastructure, mental health support, and also just want, we want it to be easier for businesses to, to be, get, get the approvals and the licenses, et cetera, that they need in order to, to grow their businesses or start them up. Deborah, I've been in Calgary a majority of my life over 40 years. I've moved here and there bits and pieces, but this has been home. I can't recall an election where so many positions on Calgary Council are open and and the mayor's chair, you mm-hmm. know, so many candidates. Has anybody stood out, you know, from the pack as far as the chamber is concerned as we look in August, still a couple months away? You know, we don't endorse any candidates at all. We don't endorse any platforms. We're just here to reflect the uh, needs of our members. And so, uh, you know, we, we are a nonpartisan organization and we don't endorse anyone. All right. Let's, uh, let's break down the what you have known as the pathways to potential in the policy. What are they and and what makes them important? Why were these five chosen? Well, you know, one of the things that you and I, you've been hearing just as much as we have, is the challenge on talent. We need to attract, we need to retain talent, we need to develop talent in, in the city. We've heard we have tech jobs that are open that are not being filled. We're hearing about the hospitality industry that is 
challenged with getting employees. There are businesses, we need to be able to build that talent pool in order to create new jobs, to to grow the economy. And it's critical. And, you know, we we know that um, there are opportunities in other parts of the country where people are going. And we really believe in the potential of Calgary. And we want to see that talent piece come here so that we can grow our economy and we can diversify it. We need those young mind, young minds with the creative ideas and the creative ways to solve problems. And we need them to come here. So that's one thing. Obviously, we have an ongoing discussion about uh, stabilizing and rebalancing the property tax ratio. As you know, the uh, non-residential businesses uh, pay more than residential and that needs to be looked at. It's going to be a tough conversation, but it's one way to address the the tax issue, the revenue. We don't, don't have too many levers when it comes to raising revenue, and we need to figure out how to make this fair because the reality is uh, when we have a fair and stable non-residential property tax structure, that increases our competitiveness in terms of attracting new businesses. We talk a lot about a, an income tax being low in the province, but when you're a startup, you're not paying any income taxes. You're really interested in what makes your business competitive, and one of those little that one of those variables is what you pay in, in re, non-residential business taxes as you start up your business. So that's critical for us because we want to continue to grow that. Of course, downtown is critical. We need to see that a vibrant downtown so that people see Calgary as a place that they want to come work and and play. Uh, we want to see people that are uh, there's that there are no barriers uh, in the policies that are put forward. We need infrastructure to continue to be built, and uh, we want affordable housing. And of course, we need mental health supports in the city because we know how tough the pandemic's been. And we know it's been hard from an economic economic standpoint for the last six years, six seven years. So that's another piece. And finally, we just want to get rid of the red tape as much as we can so that people can do business easily in Calgary and, and not be faced with challenges when they try to do things that they know are good for their own business. From the Chamber's viewpoint, Deborah, I'm wondering, you know, there's going to be so many new faces on council or even perhaps in that mayor's chair. Uh, as far as when I say new, I mean, not a lot of experience yeah. when it comes to city council. Does that make a difference through the Chamber's eyes if a candidate has no previous, uh, you know, civic po- uh, political experience? It, what what uh, everybody comes with a different uh, background and different set of experiences. I think the most important issue or most important thing that new candidates, new councillors, new mayor need to have is a the ability to build consensus mm-hmm. and be be team players and listen, listen yeah. to their fellow councillors and listen to their uh, their constituents and understand what their needs are mm-hmm. and be ready to shift positions in terms of, you know, people come in with preconceived ideas, how things work, how things have to happen. But what we need is flexibility. And what we need is for people to listen. Uh, One of the lawyers who was the founder of Burnett Duckworth and Palmer, Jim Palmer, the late Jim Palmer, used to say, you have two ears, use both of them. Bottom lines, it keeps it simple. I'm wondering, yeah. I want to switch gears. You know, earlier this week, the chamber was calling for the province to consider a proof of vaccination policy to give businesses some certainty. And then we get news yesterday that the the uh, nationally, the feds are making a vaccine passport for travel. Is that something that would, you know, um, keep the chamber happy as far as perhaps using a national passport locally? 
Well, I think the, the important thing is that we have to remember is if you can't measure something, you can't manage it. And so if you can't test, trace, and isolate, you need another mechanism to address the challenges and, the, and, the, and understanding who's safe and who's not in the community. And that's why a vaccine passport makes sense. If we're asking tourists to come to Canada and show that they've been fully vaccinated, and now the federal government's going to have a vaccine passport that will allow Canadians to travel overseas. How is it that we can't have something that is national, that shows everybody's vaccination status and keeps everyone safe? The, at the end of the day, this is a not, you know, if you don't want to apply for a vaccine passport, you don't have to, just like you don't have to travel, apply for a passport if you want to travel internationally. But the point is, this is a mechanism to avoid another lockdown. We need to be mindful of what's going on in this province and across the country from, from the, the, the increase in the number of COVID cases. And the chamber would like to see uh, measures considered that would keep Calgarians safe because the reality is the businesses don't want to face another lockdown. And you can't ignore a problem. You have to, ma- you have to measure it. So that you can manage it and right now those tools are being taken away so we need something else to keep calgarians safe and keep businesses open deborah thanks so much for your time this morning thanks that's deborah yedlin president and ceo of the calgary chamber online at calgarychamber.com the vibrant communities calgary organization have been very busy over the summer working to make lives better for low-income calgarians we're going to find out more about their programs and initiatives. And for that, we're joined by Executive Director Megan Reed. Good morning to you, Megan. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time with us. Well, I want to get right to it. And uh, one big initiative highlighted in your latest update is looking to increase the uptake in the Canada Learning Bond. So if you can tell us what the Canada Learning Bond is, where it's at now, and what you'd like to see done with it. Absolutely. So um, the Canada Learning Bond is a mechanism for people to be empowered financially in terms of uh, savings for their child's future. Um, This year, and there was a great report just produced by Momentum, who are our partners um, in our Enough for All Poverty Reduction Work in Calgary, uh, showed that there was over a 50% increase in uptake of the Canada Learning Bond this year. So this allows you to save in a way that um, is beneficial for you, your taxes, for your child's future, and that's something that can be leveraged um, when they're ready to go to school. I think one of the misconceptions about the Canada Learning Bond is that it's just for um, you know, post-secondary education in the formal sense, and we know that that can also be applied to things like trades training and whatnot. Um, and so, so we absolutely have been encouraging people to uptake on that as a way to empower themselves for the future. All right. The federal government has extended uh, both the Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy, the CERS, and the Canada Mm -hmm. Emergency Wage Subsidy, the CEWS, until October 23rd. So I'm wondering, uh, with that date in mind, uh, what are the thoughts of Vibrant Community Calgary, Communities Calgary, when it comes to that extension? Is that good enough? Do you think we need more time? Mm -hmm. It's it's a great question, and we know that um, over 1 million Albertans applied um, under the the CERB benefit, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, in 2020. That's a lot of people. Our uptake in Alberta of of CERB was higher um, in comparison to a lot of provinces. And so 
The question might not necessarily be about it ending, but what is the next step for people who are on that benefit and who have really needed that in order to sustain their themselves in terms of rent, food, and other household necessities? Um, so there's a few things that we would advocate for. I think more broadly, um, exploring a basic income for Canada um, that looks like people being able to uh, be part of equitable economic development. Um, but locally here in Alberta, we we think that there are some mechanisms for Alberta's income support programs in order to smooth the effect, the transition from those emergency response benefits onto things like Alberta Works and other social assistance programs um, in a way that doesn't create a lot of shock for citizens. We know that coming into the pandemic, Alberta had the, you know, the perfect storm, if you will, of, of a pretty precarious um, economy combined then with COVID. Um, and other emergency response benefits have been a great temporary solution, absolutely necessary to get people through. But now I think we need to look at what's going to support people in the long term. You know, Vibrant Communities Calgary, and, and the more I've learned about your organization over the past year or a couple of years that, uh, that I've been aware of it, very interesting, lots of resources. Do you find that some people don't even know about your organization? And if not, where can they go to get all the info they need? Thanks for, thanks for asking that. I, I think we do have some great resources, and I'll, I'll speak to one in particular and then where people can find it that's uh, helpful for upcoming municipal elections. So we have our ward poverty profiles. We've broken down poverty ward by ward in our city. Um, and you can go onto our website and click on an interactive map, and we've got a tool to help you find your ward if you're not sure which one it is. And you can take a look at things like how many people in your ward have um, asked for food bank referrals or how many people are requesting um, support in terms of affordable housing in your ward. So that is one of the tools that people can use to really understand what poverty looks like in our city. And one thing we come across is that people have an idea of what poverty is, and it might be that person who um, they see, for example, on the street. Um, and that might be an example of poverty, absolutely. But poverty exists behind the doors of the bungalows in a lot of our neighborhoods, in all of our neighborhoods in Calgary. So we're trying to shine a light on that. People can go to enoughforall.ca, and that's because it's the name of the poverty reduction strategy for our city, Enough for All, because we do believe there is enough resources for everybody if we just distribute them a little differently. Good stuff, and uh, yes, we will direct people to enoughforall.ca. Thank you so much for your time, Megan. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. That's Megan Reed, Executive Director of Vibrant Communities Calgary. The Calgary Hitmen and Siksika Health Services will sign a historic memorandum of understanding this week, all to build on their Every Child Matters game from February of last year. Joining us with details is Richard Running Rabbit. Uh, he's with Siksika Health Services, and he's Parks and Recreation Lead. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning. Tell us about this document, and, and, and why is it important, Richard? Uh, well, it's a very historic document, uh, something that's been in the works for a while. We've, got, we've developed a really good relationship with the Calgary Hitman Organization. And uh, we're here today, and every day our priority is our children and our future to make life better for our children, to create a world where there's a better future, one where our human rights, inherent rights, collective rights, and our treaty rights are respected, and that's something that we have to fight for every day. Uh, we would also like to acknowledge that our thoughts are with the many families and children that have recently recovered 
been recovered from residential school sites and all those yet to be recovered, we dedicate this to them. I understand that this memorandum is not an end. It's just a beginning to a certain extent, Richard, the idea to grow a partnership and engagement to other sports and recreation activities. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, it's also given us an opportunity to to learn the ins and outs of the uh, sports organization and given our young people some mentorship opportunities throughout this process, something we're very excited about as well. Do you think something like this, something so unique, could serve as a model for other Indigenous organizations? Definitely. Uh, we started this relationship, as you mentioned, uh, back in 2019, January 15th. The Calgary Hitman came out to Six Cigar for an open ice practice, as well as a coaches clinic with their community members. And we took that opportunity to showcase our culture, uh, our food, and, and the people and welcome them. And... Uh, Soon after that, February 1st, 2020, uh, the Calgary Hitmen and Six Guard Nation joined together for Every Child Matters game at the Saddledome. And this was presented by uh, Six Guard Health Services in partnership with uh, Six Guard Family Services and the First Nations Health Consortium. Our culture was promoted at Every Child Matters game in a big way. We were able to provide traditional food to the public, which sold out very fast. We also participated in one of the largest round dances in the concourse at the Saddledome. And one of the biggest highlights is our very own uh, Butch Wolf League and Alden Weasel Child broadcasting the whole game in the Blackfoot language. That is that is super cool and super unique. I, I'm wondering, do you think, Richard, that uh, part of the success of this is is that organic nature? Because it seems like Hitman came out and you know had that opportunity. You've got a great facility and, and you know uh, you some crowds there, uh, but this wasn't in the works. You know, from this initial meeting, was it? It just kind of happened organically. Is that one of the strengths of it? Definitely. I think uh, as far as our culture and our people, we're just bursting at the seams to share that with uh, with everyone. And, uh, you know, the Hitman has definitely provided us a venue for, for that. And so we're taking this opportunity and, and trying to make the best of it. Like I said, our focus has always been on the, the younger generation. What's interesting is, uh, you know, signing this document, it's it's almost to a certain extent the kickoff to the 17th annual Run as One Music Festival. Can you tell us what that festival is all about? Yeah, this, the Run as One uh, 17th annual is the longest running Indigenous music festival. Uh, didn't, it didn't plan to be that way, but it just happened like that. We've always highlighted our First Nations youth, particularly from uh, Six Gun Nation, in developing their their musical talent. Um, we've invited many um, Indigenous-based uh, kind of music acts uh, throughout the years. And this year, our headliner is uh, The Hallucination, mm -hmm. which is formerly known as uh, Tribe Called Red. Oh. And uh, it's happening tonight. Uh, well, gates open at 5 p.m. It's down at the Six Gun Nation Arbor. Uh, show starts at 6. Uh, we do have the MOU signing this afternoon. Um, at the Six Gun Nation Arbor at 11.30. Uh, however, we will have, uh, we felt it was very important to have a community uh, engagement at the music festival to make that declaration to our community members as well. Lots happening, and uh, we appreciate an update on uh, what you, you've all been up to because it sounds like a busy time. So thank you so much for your time, Richard. Thank you. That is uh, Richard Running Rabbit, Siksika Health Services and Parks and Recreation Lead. More details online at seeksikahealth.ca.
PGAMonthly.com. It's been a long couple of years for golf fans excited to see PGA and Champions Tour stars in the city of Calgary to grip it and rip it in the Shaw Charity Classic. Joining us this morning is 2019 Shaw Charity Classic winner, Wes Short Jr. Good morning to you, Wes. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for taking the time with us. Appreciate it. Your thoughts back in Calgary. Are you excited to defend your title? Yes, uh, I am. Finally, it seems like it's been a while and, uh, this is a good tournament and sorry to miss it last year, but, uh, we're getting to play this year and looking forward to it. What is that like? Just to, to put us in the, you know, ahead of a, a champion like yourself, Wes, to, to, you know, have a sport that you play regularly, you have a regular schedule and what the past 16 months or so have been kind of hit and miss. What's it like? And, and what's that like mentally as a pro athlete? Well, it's uh, different. Uh, you know, we get used to a schedule, and then we uh, – the biggest change, to tell you the truth, was the turns we did play last year was uh, without fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird playing without fans. Uh, it's nice to play in front of people, and especially like Calgary, they really get behind the tournament here. And um, it makes it a lot better. It seems to give you a boost sometimes, too. Uh, without fans, it's just like playing a practice round. Let's talk about uh, our fine nation here. Canada has been pretty good to you when it comes to the Champions Tour with uh, both your wins so far coming in Canada, the second here in 2019, and the Quebec Championship in 2014. So something about Canada agrees with you. What what do you think it is? You know, I don't really know. I thought about trying to maybe uh, becoming a citizen you know, with my <laughs> two wins being here. Uh but uh, now I don't know. I really don't. I like the courses that we play over here. And, uh, again, the fans come out to support the tournaments here in Canada. And uh, it just makes it so much better. I want to talk a little bit more about technical when it comes to the technical aspect. When I get to the links, I just love to be able to get that ball in play. I'm not too picky at all. I don't complain. But let's talk about, you know, uh, tour pros they say that they can hit the ball further here um, because of the uh, altitude. Do you find that as well? Yes, I think the ball goes probably, I'm going to say, 5% farther here. And uh, I think, uh, like this weekend, the weather's supposed to be really warm. Mm -hmm. I think it may go up to like maybe even 10% farther uh, with a little bit of altitude that we have and then the the heat. So it'll be a little bit of adjustment to – get the uh, right irons in your hand for the right distance. How does uh, Canyon Meadows look this year? I know we've had a dry season. What, what's it looking like? Oh, it's great. It's in great shape. Uh, they must be doing some watering because it didn't look like it doesn't hasn't missed any water. Uh, but it's in great shape. The greens are fantastic. The course is in good shape. You know, it is called the Shaw Charity Classic, and I'm wondering, as someone in your line of work, how important is it to you, and is it enticing when you you know there's a charity component involved in your competition? Yes, it makes it, you know, it's like we giving back to the communities that we play in. Uh, you know, it uh, really helps the communities, and uh, it's nice that our sport does things like that. Uh, we do know that you're one to watch, obviously, defending champion Wes Short Jr. Who are you going to be watching? Who who do you feel is going to be breathing down your neck? Well, you know, there's a lot of young guys out there now. Uh, you know, they're the 50-year-olds and, uh, uh, you know, got some really nice, uh, really good Canadian players playing this week, too. 
And uh, so, uh, you know, Stephen Ames is, uh, I think he's playing well too. And uh, so, you know, I just hope to play my best so, uh, and they play their best and see what happens. Absolutely. And uh, best of luck to you. You've had some luck, obviously, at the Shot Charity Classic. And, you know, we'll, we'll send our best mojo to you. So thank you so much, Wes. Thanks. Appreciate it. That is Wes Short, Jr., pro golfer and defending champion at the Shaw Charity Classic Championships. And, of course, more details, shawcharityclassic.com. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.